This is Dave Yaron, the author of Fair Warning, The Information Within. You're listening to Bob Nolly and Laboratory Leadership. Here we go. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Oh my gosh, look at the crowd in the front yard. Get up here on the porch, everybody. How are you? Good to have you here. Thanks for finding your way. Alex, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. I wish I had a porch. I have a stoop. A stoop. You know, that's kind of a regional word. Where Where do you think, is that a word from the South or do you hear that up North a lot? Um, I think I hear it up North, but I, I always kind of, you know, I think I learned from Hey Arnold. That's showing my age. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I hear people talking fondly about spending time sitting on the stoop. You know, I grew up, there was, there was, we had a screen and porch in the back and, you know, there were always people out there. I mean, it was of course very nice before central air and all that stuff, but people yeah. always came out. We went out and sat on the porch, but the stoop is good too. And we got a big crowd here too. So when you're out on the stoop, that one thing that means is you're not watching television. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's a, that's, that's been kind of a, a goal. Hey, yeah, I said the G word. So let me jump into that real quick while we're sitting here. All right. Everybody that sent me their goals, I'm sending them right back to you. Remember I wasn't reading them. I'm just looping them right back to you. I said, I do it during the month of June, little checkup for you. So how are you doing with your goals? Everybody take a look, check your inbox. I just turn them right around to you. If you want to, tell me, uh, send them back to me and say how it hit you getting these in the middle of the summer. Are you on track? <laughs> yeah. I'm not on track yet. But remember, one part of that lesson was don't give up because, oh, my gosh, it's June and I'm just like way behind. You could still get it, get home. Just make the effort. Make the effort. I'm going to have to. So at one part, so one goal I had was, you know, to get a lot of things done, I want to get done. Less TV is going to have to happen. And it's because yeah. I'm a huge baseball fan and you can fall down the baseball hole pretty quickly. And this time of year, you know, I was the only hockey fan in the South forever for a long time. I mean, before cable TV, I'm sure. And now it's the Stanley Cup finals are, uh, are going on now. It's very exciting. It's a great series. Oh, yeah, the NBA. That, so that's going on, too. So even if you're just a sports fan, you can get sucked into the TV vortex pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Here in uh, late May and June, and if you're a if you watch other stuff on TV, whether it be reality TV or some ser- or series you're hooked on, yeah, there goes that time too. So I just wanted to watch less. Yeah, I'm kind of making that happen. How about you? Do you watch a lot? I don't have a tele. Well, we have a TV in the the common area, but I don't have a television. I don't have cable. Um, I will watch like Netflix or or something like oh, that. Sure. Yeah, the whole. Um, Viewing options have changed for sure at, at night, but I, I don't really, I try to stay as active as possible during the day. Um, but you know, I, I try to do fun things like instead of watching baseball on TV, I went to a Mets game the other night. You hey, know, I, who was in, who did they play? Oh, uh, they played the giants. Oh, it was the oh three game run and, uh, the giants hit pitched a no hitter. Yeah. You were at the no hitter. 
Yeah, I was the front row behind first base for the no-hitter. Oh, those are prime seats. Oh, you'll remember that day forever. Well, Exactly. That was my first pro ball game, and I had like the best seats. That is excellent. Congratulations. Hey, thanks. Did you see me on TV? No. Uh, well, no, I didn't. No, we didn't get a uh, – are they on uh, – they wouldn't be on Yankee Entertainment Sports. They were Sportsnet New York. No, I didn't see you. Sorry. Because I was yeah, trying to watch less. Yeah, but that was big news because the NBA was going on and the whole thing in the sports world was, is that no-hitter going to be a better, bigger story than the uh, than Cleveland winning game uh, yeah. three it was or four? I can't yeah. even keep up. I'm so confused. All right, so no matter what what the TV viewing habits are, you know, Sunday night seems to be different because Sunday night seems to be prime time in terms of television programming, not just in – in broadcast networks, but on all the cable networks as well, because I think America's viewing habits, they watch a lot of TV on Sunday nights because oh, yeah. whether it's a big weekend or just the, you know, the normalized weekend when you're not working, but you're drawing a breath and you may be subject to the Sunday night blues thinking about having to head back to the job the next morning in just a few hours. So they program all the good stuff on Sunday night. That is prime time. So HBO, of course, who doesn't put up too much shoddy programming, has the Game of Thrones in that slot. Do you ever watch that? I've seen it several times. It's it's really well done. It's really well set. And it's set in this mythical place that you can't quite place. It it seems medieval. Seven islands, violent kingdoms trying to you know, rule the iron throne that rules them all. So, uh, there was, we talked about Quora earlier and there was a question on Quora that I just absolutely loved. What are the best leadership lessons you can learn from the game of Thrones? And, uh, some of the answers were really, really good. And if you watch the show and you know, the characters, this will mean a little bit more to you. But if you don't, don't worry because the leadership lesson, lessons are still there for you, right for the picking. So uh, very early in like season one, I think we're like on season five now or something, but in season one, we met Sean Bean's character, Ed, Edward Stark, Edward Stark. And he lived in this great Northland that was cold and icy. But you could tell he was a guy we were supposed to like. You know, we were supposed to respect him. And very early in the series, uh, he had somebody in his army, in his tribe, uh, put to death. And he did it himself. He marched the guy out on the side of this hill, outside of the, uh, of the gates of Winterfell, his, his palace. And he stood there with his family, and he had the guy kneel and put his head down on the block, and he cut his head off. And the leadership lesson here was the man, and this is a quote from the, from the show, the man, I'm not going to try to do his voice because the accent, I just can't quite get it. The man, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. The man who passes the sentence should swing the sword. So those of you watching the show, you can remember Ed Stark saying that. The man who passes the sentence should swing the sword. And that's exactly what he did in that, in that instance. So, you know, when, when you have to do the dirty work, you can get somebody else to do it for you. But uh, he also said... He who hides behind executioners forgets what death is. So you need to be in the trenches. They need to spend time there and you need to do the tough things. And this doesn't mean getting rid of people. It just means making the tough decisions and, uh, 
taking them very seriously and not delegating them and doing the hard work. So it's tough calls and people, you know, when tough calls come up, all the heads pivot to you, all the heads pivot to you. So you've got to be prepared to do that. That makes sense. That sounds pretty noble, doesn't it? Well, yeah, because I mean, if you think about it, your, your people are going to be judging you on the, you know, the most riveting times. So, you know, in good or bad, everyone is kind of looking at you to see how you're going to respond to it. So if you don't respond, um, you know, in a respectable manner, then, you know, everyone kind of is going to, that's what they're going to remember. They're not going to remember all the good things that you've done. They're going to remember this one big bad thing, or they're going to remember, you know, this one, you know, I don't know, if you go and get wasted at the company party, that's that's what everybody's going to remember. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen that happen to more people than, than I should, than I should have. (laughs) It's just, it's just a bad thing. And it goes back to uh, Warren Bennis and those items he calls crucible moments, which uh, are the moments that he, he contends leaders were, are really formed. Uh, okay, there's another character in there. Now, there's a family in here called the Lannisters. And uh-huh. up until this point, they are the family in power. And for the most part, we don't like them. <laughs> they're, they're portrayed that way. Uh, George R. R. Martin has written them that way. And the head of that family, uh, and no spoilers here, but for a long time was Tyrion Lannister. And he was, he was, if not the king, he was the hand of the king. That's like the chief of staff to the president. Uh-huh. And uh, he always says, uh, any man who must say, I am the king, this is Tywin Lannister, rather. Any man who says, I am the king, is no true king. This loops right back to our conversation in the last show about power. You know, the power you have comes from where people think it comes from. So if it only comes from the box on the org chart, well, as we said, you know, there's other types of power that comes from you. The referent power and the charismatic power. That comes from what people think of you, that people want to be like you and imitate you and have the same qualities you. So if you have to say, I'm the king, you know, you're not really a true king. Imagine you have to say, I'm the boss. Because power and influence and things like that, they come from other places, as we learned. That would really be awkward to work for somebody who goes, hey, I'm the boss here. Yeah, like you didn't already know. Yeah. There was a, uh, in the 80s during the uh, assassination of Reagan, uh, Alexander Haig is noted for uh, for coming uh, on the air at a press conference. And, of course, the nation is wondering about whether Reagan was going to live. They're worried about what is happening in a critical moment in the country right now. And Al Haig, who was a general and chief of staff, came on the air, and not at the time, but he was a staffer. He goes, I'm in charge here. Ah. And, you know, you think, you think, well, that's, you know, he's stepping up and he's saying, I'm in charge here. But of course the constitution said that somebody else was in charge at the moment. That being, you know, the vice president, because the president wasn't able to carry out his duties. Yeah. That's a little awkward. <laughs> it was awkward. Of course, you know, all the, all the pundits jumped onto that for weeks to come, including things like, well, back at that time, Saturday Night Live, of course, you know, gave Al the bejesus for that at this point. 
Uh, so we don't like the Lannisters so much because, you know, he's pretty much a tyrant. Tywin Lannister is pretty much a tyrant, but he has a son that he doesn't like. And he's played by Peter Dinklage, who is a, uh, a high challenged man. And he's been nominated for this role here. And the quote from Tyrion Lannister who's a very interesting character through all five seasons is a Lannister always pays his debts because they're the ruling family right now. And they have, they have lots of money and lots of resources. And Tyrion is the one person in this family at this point that is really trying to do good. And because the rest of the family doesn't like him because he's trying to do good. Uh, he, he has to use other resources and other people to try to win the day for the side of what's good. So he always says, if you, if you get me out of this jail and get me to this place, I'll pay you so many pieces of gold. And of course, you know, the, the people are always questioning where will he get that? And he just says, a Lannister always pays his debts. All right. So what's the le- lesson here? It's not that leaders are rich. Uh, but but the surest way to get people to do the things that you need, to do things for you, is for them to trust you. And this goes back to very early. I can't name it like episode five or six. You have to do what you say you're going to do in the future. You have to do it. And that's the only way you can generate trust. You can't just say, trust me. You have to have earned that trust. And if your actions align with your words and you follow through on your word, then you'll have that trust. So a Lannister always pays his debts. Think about that from a leadership perspective. And we've talked, we, I think we've recounted stories here already so far where you and I both know folks that, you know, say things that, you know, do not align with the values or their actions. That's, that's bad. That's awkward. Yeah. I mean, it's it just, you don't, don't want to write checks that your ass can't cash, you know? Thank that, you so much. Yes. So my dad do not write checks that you can't cash. Yeah. You know, my dad's been saying that for years and years and years. And it just kind of stems back to, you know, if you don't know if you can actually promise something or, you know, you always want to hold rewards and stuff like that for, for your high functioning staff. But if you, if you don't know that you're able to do that, then just don't, you know, don't say anything. It's as easy as not saying it. And then you don't let people down. Yeah. Amen to that. Okay. Let's get rid of the Lannisters here. Who else? There's another character. There's an odd little character here called Littlefinger, And he is a, uh, he's, he's kind of a, he's kind of a businessman. You know, he may be, he may have kind of like a uh, religious underpinnings. I'm not sure. I don't think he really runs a brothel, but he, he gets, he has some influence and he gets things done. And during these chaotic times in this very, you know, Byzantine plot that George R. R. Martin has kind of strung together. I mean, if you read the books, the, the huge fantasy fans read Martin's books and just, and just love them. You know, I, the, his plot is so convoluted and so uh, what a labyrinth of sub threads. If I hadn't watched a little bit of it on TV, I'd, I'd be lost. Uh, 
So there's this character, Littlefinger, and here's what he says. Chaos isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. Chaos isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. Well, this goes right back to the crucible moments because chaotic times are when your strengths are going to show up. When times are good, everybody can be the good time Charlie or good time Charlene. And it's, it's easy. People are happy. Things are going well. You're hitting your targets. The market loves you. The company's growing. But when chaos happens, whether it be something planned through change management or something that you have to react to quickly in the market, many, many leaders really show what they're made of there. And if you get a big challenge like that, real good leaders don't, don't fold. Don't fold. One of the classic examples was back in, uh, in well, you know, a couple of decades ago when there was a, <clears throat> ooh, excuse me, I'll have to get this out of here. When Tylenol was found to contain poison and be on the shelves in stores. Now, you might expect the head of Johnson Johnson step up and go, no, no, we have no evidence of this. This is a this is a small this is a small isolated incident. The product is fine, but that's not what he did. He stepped right out in front of it and took all the Tylenol off the shelf. Not the tablets, but the capsules, you know, the gel caps that could have been tampered with. And that's, you know, a large reason that we have so many uh, tamper-proof seals today was for that reason. But very quickly, he didn't say, there was never, there was never a moment where they said, no, this is just an isolated incident. The head of J&J at that point just said, get it off the shelves. And, you know, they took, there was a financial impact to them for that because that's one of their big product lines there. But they recovered very quickly with product redesign and tamper protection and, and that. But that that's always a classic example I hold up for that. That was chaos right there for them. And that's yes. where leadership showed up in a positive way. Does that would that did that strike you in the same way? I know you weren't aware of that situation. No, no, actually we did case studies on that a ton um in school for crisis management and that kind of thing. Um or crisis communications rather. So no, I I am um pretty uh pretty well versed on that whole situation. Um but it really is you know, like I said before, you know, transparency in a time of chaos is you can use that to better your, um, you know, better your stance in public opinion because they're going to say, oh, you know, they handled that very valiantly. They handled that very well. You know, they didn't freak out. So, you know, that, that in the end, though, you can just spin that negative experience or a negative situation into a positive experience for your consumer. Yep. So, you know, in, in that way, they really did use it as a ladder because then they had you know, all of this support from families and, um, and, and you know, consume, you know, the broad spectrum of their consumers that were like, Oh, you know, that was actually really, really cool that they just went ahead and, and did it all. So. Yeah. That was a very positive outcome there. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can find one more here to pluck out. Uh, we've done the Lannisters. Oh, you know, actually Eddard Stark is my hero on this whole thing. Here's one more from him. And it's almost like the tagline for the whole show. Edward Stark says, winter is coming. 
Now, yeah, we may say that in our own lives. Winter is coming, and you know, it, here in the middle of the summer, we really don't worry about it. But in a lot of areas of the country, winter is a lot harsher than it is elsewhere. But oh, yeah. springtime always comes. But within the context of this show, because we don't know where it is, and we don't know what the uh, the weather patterns are on whatever planet it is, here's what happens. Winter lasts a long time. Winter in this show, when it comes, it lasts like seven or eight years. And it, it's brutal. Think of the most brutal northern American weather you, you've been exposed to, and that's what they get there. But it's seven years. And particularly since it's, you know, not a developed economy yet, it's the Middle Ages. It's that's think about what living in that would be. So winter is coming. That's, you know, when when they look at each other and have a conversation of something important, they say that the the closing line is the parting shot is always winter is coming. And and the lesson is this. Leaders have to remain vigilant and on watch. And this is, this is something we'll talk more of further down the road, but we, we do a lot of work here in telling our audience about behavioral things and, and personalities and conversation and emotional intelligence and negotiation. But this issue is about the long term. Frame this up in terms of thinking about the long term because there is uncertainty there. Even if we look at the short term or the intermediate term, and we think, yeah, we're in pretty good shape here. But the long term contains uncertainty. What's the trite phrase that economists always use? In the long term, we're all dead. Yeah. But, you know, the leaders that are on top of their game are always innovative and are always strong and have a plan for the future. They're ready. In the entrepreneurial world, that's called the pivot. You're ready to pivot. And being prepared for what's unexpected is essential. Because if you start spending some resources getting ready for winter, because winter is coming, uh, everyone else is, you know, having a day at the beach. But the efforts you make there will uh, will stand out. I love that. Winter is coming. Oh, that's good. Okay, so I hadn't, I haven't expected for you to make to make you an HBO subscriber tonight, but. It's interesting to see what we found there because it's a good show and some good thoughts. What do you think? You know, I've seen it um, a couple times and I am enthralled by it. I don't follow the storyline, but the imagery and all that is is dead on. And and you know the the character lines are you know phenomenal. But I really do think that you you can find so much um, so much like relevant uh, information. You know to your everyday life in it. Um, you know, yeah, it's dramatic, but so is, so is business in, in most senses. Um, hopefully not, uh, you know, in negative ways, but yeah, you, you really do have to, to kind of think if you go medieval, you know, if you're really, if you're really that hardcore about, about your business plan or your company, you know, you might end up, uh, more so on top than you thought you would. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right, this has been a good one. You know, uh, I think actually this season is starting to wrap up within the next, is it this coming Sunday? Well, the tape date, we're just like it. We're just like it, not even mid-June yet. So I, I think it's soon. So, you know, if you catch up to it, hey, just send us a tweet at Lab Leadership and let us know what uh, what you've plucked from uh, Game of Thrones. That would be interesting. We'll read what you come up with on the air. We'd love to do that. And uh, 
this is good stuff. Remember, folks, winter is coming. Alex, thanks for helping me through this. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Winter is coming. Are you ready? The new Leaderati is coming, and we want you to be a part of it. Click on the orange button to join the conversation, and we'll talk to you about what you can do during that winter. Take care of everyone out there. Have a great weekend. See ya.